2: What's up, everyone, and welcome in to episode 15 of Frankly Speaking. I'm Daily Faceoff hockey insider Frank Saravalli and this is our weekly one-on-one interview series with some of the biggest names in the hockey world. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by New Calgary Flames general manager Craig Conroy, who at the time of recording this is on day two of his new job. But first, I need to tell you that Frankly Speaking is presented by ProLine+. Plus. Not just another sports book, it's the only sports book that gives 100% of its profits back to Ontario. ProLine has been your local trusted sports book for over 30 years, now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play in-store, online, or take the game on the go with the ProLine app with your favorite sports and events right at your fingertips. Download the ProLine app and bet in app with ProLine Plus today or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. That's right. Today we're joined by Craig Conroy, a sixth round pick of the Montreal Canadiens way back when. He played four years of college hockey at Clarkson and as a sort of journeyman NHLer, he has seen just about everything there is to see at the NHL level, both on and off the ice. He was a third-line grinder, also the captain of an NHL team, a runner-up for the Selkie Trophy, played in the Stanley Cup Final, found himself being a healthy scratch at times too. So he can relate to just about everyone. He has a burst of positive energy that he's brought to the Calgary Flames in their front office for the last 14 years, touching just about every facet of their operation, from scouting and development to their minor league system to almost anything that they do at the amateur and pro scouting levels. And now, after a wide net was cast by the Calgary Flames, he has been selected as their eighth general manager. Let's dive in with Craig Conroy. Craig Conroy, it's day two on the job as new general manager of the Calgary Flames. I just want to take you back to day one for a second, introductory press conference, obviously a proud moment for yourself and your family you know, there were plenty of laughs to go around and some fun stories that you shared. I was just wondering what the emotion was like for you as part of the day, you know, knowing that this was all coming together and, and you've put a ton of work in to get to this point.
3: You know, I say it was weird because the emotions, it's like kind of going into a game, a big game. You know, I think at night I couldn't really sleep. My wife said she looked over at three o'clock in the morning. I'm just staring up at the, at the ceiling. So... You know, I was a little bit of nerves, a little bit of excitement, but uh, it was nice to kind of go in. We had the amateur scouting meeting started yesterday morning. So for the first few hours, I got to do that. And to be around all the guys, it definitely uh, settled me down a little bit. Then, uh, you know, I was still nervous going in the press conference, so was for sure. Yeah, well, you handled yourself quite
2: well, as to be expected. But you mentioned being around the guys, and I was curious. That, that has to be one of the best, you know, sort of parts about – this for you you're not stepping into a new city a new building you don't have to tiptoe around you know everyone they know you and yeah you're sitting in a in a different chair now but the familiarity for it allows you to hit the ground running
3: well it just flowed I mean yesterday the amateur meeting started the of all the things that we have to do here you know moving forward I feel very comfortable with the draft I feel very comfortable with our staff and feel like we're ready to go and yeah it, it's not like introductions it's just Hi guys, here we go. You know, it's uh, which makes it nice because there's so much on that we have to do moving forward. To know that's kind of, I feel very comfortable with it. Makes it easy.
2: So let's dive in and talk about some of the things that are on your plate. One of the things that you mentioned at your your press conference was the fact that you do have seven unrestricted free agents. I'm curious, what's your plan to approach that? Not necessarily in terms of the negotiation or anything like that, but. There seemed to be some sort of lingering, I don't know if it's discord is the right word, hard feelings with, um, you know, the coaching change that then happened. It seemed like that probably wipes the slate clean. Obviously, you come in uh, a little bit of a different voice from Brad Tree Living. Do you plan to to meet with these guys, chat with them on the phone to sort of get a sense first? Like, what's your tact? What's your approach on how to begin these conversations?
3: You know, first, I've I've been texting with the guys. A lot of the guys, we've already reached out and text, but definitely with those guys, I want to just call them and have a conversation. I mean, that one good thing, again, is I know them really well. I mean, we have got great relationships. So to be able to just sit down and be honest and see what they're really thinking, obviously with the coaching change, how does that affect them? What are they thinking about that? I know they'll have questions. I mean, that's one thing about the guys nowadays. Who's the next coach? What do we plan on doing? You know, those are those are difficult things to do at this exact moment, but I definitely want to give, get out, reach out, touch, touch base with them and kind of have those preliminary, hey, do you want to be back? Do you want to be a Calgary Flame? Is this something that we can work with? And, a, you know, and, and once I find out those answers, then we kind of start moving forward.
2: So one of the questions yesterday I actually looked back at yourself kind of in a similar position. Do I want to stay here and be a Calgary Flame? Does it help that you were sort of at one point, in those same shoes?
3: Well, I think I can re- relate to the guys, you know, I can sit down and we can just have that conversation. And for me, I, I want to go where you're wanted, you know, and that's, that's the big thing. And that's why I ended up signing with Calgary. And then, you know, I've been here two decades now, so it's worked out well for me, but, you know, you have to figure out what they want to do, but I do think to be able to kind of talk to them, I know the city, I know what it's like here, you know, in a Canadian market, everyone worries about the media. I think, I always said our media here in Calgary, they want us to do well. They do. They're not trying to stir up any trouble. They want us to do well. So, you know, I think that's different maybe than the perception when you, you talk to players. They just think the Canadian markets are hard. I said, that's that's not really true. And until you get here, you don't really know. But if you talk to our guys, they would they would probably say the same thing. Mm-hmm.
2: In the flip side and having some of those conversations, Craig, with some players as you begin to you know, do your investigative work to find out, do you want to be here or not? You may get a couple answers, and I'm not saying you will, but someone may not. Someone may want to do something a little different, test the market at some point. Can you envision a world in which there's a player or two on your team next season that isn't signed to an extension? Or, or do you think you'd be in the spot this summer to, to find out the answer to that question? And then move on ahead of time as opposed to playing out the contract.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think Matthew Kachuk did it last year. I mean, the one thing about the relationship I have with the guys, you know, we can always be honest. I've always been honest with them and they've always been honest with me. So, you know, and, and probably in our conversations, Hey, I know we get along, but the reality is you have to let me know if you want to be here. And if you don't, you also have to let me know that, you know, because, you my job is to make sure we put the best team on the ice and make sure asset management's a big thing for me. I mean, I, I just don't want to ever see someone just walk away for free. And if they want to be here, great. If not, I'd be disappointed because all these guys are huge parts of this team, but I, I understand some people just say, hey, you know what? It's not for me. And and then we'll kind of work with what we have from there and move forward.
2: Yeah, there could be a million reasons why it, yeah. it isn't a fit. It could part of it could even quite literally come down to millions. Um <laughs> I think everyone Craig um agrees sort of universally that the Calgary Flames underachieved last year. When you look at this team um and the roster that's in front of you at this exact moment in time, I'm sure in your office somewhere you've got a big board, is there an area of need? Like where where do you point to and say, you know, my thought process, my vision for how this team plays, I'd like to see X improve in a big way next year?
3: Well, I mean, we've always talked about, you know, even when Brad was here, if we could add another top six forward, you know, that, that's always a goal. I know a lot of teams want to do that. So that would be, you know, something we'd be looking at, but and, and the other thing I think is just uh, to find some chemistry with our lines, to figure out who mixes well and matches. You know, and I think we did that a lot. It felt bad for Huberto. He was all over the place. Cadre was kind of all over, you know, we got to get some continuity in our group and figure out, what line combinations work and then stick with it. And I'd like to see our top players play more. I mean, I think at times during the last year, I looked down at the ice time, we're down a goal. We had a lot of one goal games, and I'd see some of our top guys maybe only play in 13 minutes, 12 minutes. We got to lean on those guys. We got to, you know, there are top guys for a reason. And I expect when the time to score those big goals, I, I want them on the ice more.
2: That makes sense. Um, You you mentioned the idea of adding a top six forward and whatever you go to add, how much will a new arena help you in the recruiting process of getting there? I mean, look, everyone's been to the Saddle Dome, I think, and and understands what it's like. And it certainly had its day and moment in time. But um, just that idea that something is coming, you can see it. You know, there will be steel and shovels in the ground soon enough to get that ball rolling.
3: You know, like I said yesterday, it's a game changer. The one question that players always ask me, agents always ask me, is there going to be a new arena? And up until a few weeks ago, I said, well, I hope so. You know, I don't know for sure. But now to be able to say, hey, we're going to have a state-of-the-art arena in Calgary, it's it's going to be something that really makes my job a lot easier because it is another selling point. Obviously, if the team's doing well and winning, but to have arena, I mean, even at the end of the year, to hear the guys say, you know, we need a new arena. It's like, oh, it's tough to hear. But even back in 2001, when I was here, they we were always hoping, even then, I was hoping to get a new arena back then. It hasn't happened, but now it's going to, which is going to be great for the city.
2: There always seemed to be some kind of comment or commentary last year about the idea of Americans leaving Canada, wanting to go back and play in the U.S. You know, as someone who is a, a proud American and has spent the last two decades living in Calgary, are you sort of on the, are you on the Calgary tourism board here? Like, like, how much will you help just in that own conversation saying, hey, I was in this spot. I didn't know what it was like when I was coming here. And now here are all the things that I like about
3: it. Yeah. You know what it is? It's easy for me to sell. It's a guy like Blake Coleman that came up here. You know, I want him to talk to the guys because I feel the same way Blake does. Him and his family love it here. And I think once you get here, you know what, there's pressure, but there's pressure in every market. But you know what? They're passionate. They want you to win. The fans are great. The building's full every night. And the city, if if you love you know, the outdoors, the mountain Banffs right here, you just have to take all the positives. I mean, some people want to be in that, that urban setting, you know, New York city, Chicago, and I can't do much about that, but there's a big group of guys that actually want to come out and they, they would love to be uh, in a setting like this. They, they love hunting, fishing, all that stuff, getting the mountains, the hikes, I think. Uh, and you know what, it's really the restaurants, everything that we can kind of go once you get here, even Milan Lucci said, I can't believe how good it is in Calgary. So, you know, I'm going to try to sell that as much as I can. And uh, me being American, hopefully, hopefully helps with that.
2: Yeah, as, as an American myself, I've worked in Canada for eight years. Obviously, I've lived <laughs> in the U.S. for the chunk of it. But the passion of it is what drives me to want to work in hockey media in Canada because it's so widely consumed. And speaking of consumption... One of the big things that, you know, really seemed to capture Flames fans attention, at least scrolling through social media on, on Tuesday, Craig, was the idea that you mentioned there's a lot of opportunity here for the young players in your organization. That was like a breath of fresh air for any Flames fan that has watched the Wranglers, has watched the Stockton Heat saying, hey, we've got some stuff here. Let's see what it looks like to translate that to the NHL. But I wanted to ask you specifically about someone like a Matthew Phillips. He's in a spot now where he's been one of the best players in the AHL the last couple of years. He's not really gotten a true opportunity at the NHL level, but he's now Mm -hmm. also earned group six free agency. If he gets there, how do you convince someone like that who's sort of now earned this, this window out of town to say, Hey, things are going to be different. Now we're going to give you a chance to be an NHL player. How do you, how do you begin that conversation?
3: You know, it's funny, we had our exit meetings two days ago, and that was one of the questions. I mean, Matt Maddie said, Hey, you know what? It's opportunity. I want to know I'm gonna get a chance. Because we asked, you know, how do you feel? Where's your mindset right now? He didn't completely close the door on us. He said, No, I'm open to coming back, but it is about an opportunity and a chance. So we didn't really have go into a whole bunch of that conversation, but I understand where he's coming from. Everything he said, I could sit there and say. I can't disagree with anything. He's done everything he felt like at the American League level, and he wants an opportunity. So, you know, he was going to kind of take a few days and think about it. And then, uh, you know, we'll be reaching out to his agent himself. But you know what? He He's earned the right to do what he's going to do moving forward. But I, I just like that he said, you know what, Craig? I love Calgary. Everything's still open and on the table. And, you know, we'll see how it goes moving forward. So I was happy with that.
2: So how do you plan to approach it this summer? Do you do you pencil in a couple open spots for players to grab at training camp? Or will you know, you know, in the next five or six weeks about exactly the opportunity that you have available?
3: Well, I think that you know, the difference that I want to do is going into camp, that there are spots. You know, they are spots. I think we brought in like Sonny Milano last year, Cody Eakins. And when you bring in those veteran guys in camp they're really good in in training camp and they're really good in the, in the exhibition games. And it kind of takes away from some of these young guys to get an opportunity to play in those exhibition games. So, you know, they got to come in and earn it, but there's definitely, we need to, we need to bring some of that youth in, you know, the guys that are on that Wranglers team, we won, unfortunately we lost in the playoffs, but they've done everything that they can do. I mean, they were the, the best team in the American League this year. We have a ton of great prospects. We just haven't given them a chance and they've, what I like about it is we always say you need to make it hard on us. And that's what they've done. They've put a lot of pressure on us to 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 give them a chance and they deserve it.
2: That's a good problem to have. It's also a, a tip of the cap to your amateur staff, which you've been a part of the last few years in terms of making sure you select the right players. So um, you know, when you look at the sort of state of the flames organization at, you know, below the NHL level, what what about it do you like and what do you see moving forward?
3: Well, I mean, we're always want to add more more talent. I mean, you wanna skill, talent, youth, because uh, it is the way to the only way to really win nowadays is to have young guys in the lineup because of the salary cap. And the way I look at it, if we the more picks we can get, the more opportunity we're gonna to have to get those guys. I mean, the one thing about we've always talked about is each pick is so valuable, whether you're of the first pick or that seventh round pick, you know, we really want guys that the scouts are. Excited about. We want him pounding the table, even in the seventh round. I want this guy. I don't want. I don't want them saying, "Well, I kind of like this guy." No. Who do you want to put a Calgary Flames jersey on? And when they do that, it's exciting because, uh, you know, even I was just thinking with all the success Wolf just had. Uh, you know, picking him right at the end of the draft. I mean, God, we were still debating at the table, and and finally Rob Sumner stepped up and said, "Hey, I really want Dustin Wolf." And you know Todd and him; they were talking about it. Said, "Okay, it's time to get Wolf." And, geez, what a what a great pick that looks like it's been so far." It's you—you um, you created the perfect segue for me because I was going to ask about Wolf next.
2: Do you do you have to with how well he's played? Do you have to create an opportunity for him? Has he, you know, in his own, you know, stating his own case, pounded his fist on the table for an opportunity uh, by his play?
3: For sure. I mean, the one thing is. With two goalies under contract, we those are the conversations you may have with other teams. You know, Wolf definitely put himself right in the mix. The only, you know, it's a good, it's a good problem for me to have three goalies that we feel very comfortable with, you know. So we're gonna, you know, as I start talking to GMs around the league, you know, is there an opportunity if someone need a goalie? Because I think all our guys want to play every night. That's the one thing but I do think at some point Wolf needs to come up and if he's backing up here and then, and getting games, I mean, but the only thing I don't want him to do is not play. I mean, he's got to continue to play and, you know, to be a young guy, he, he doesn't need waivers to go up and down. And that's the benefit of being here in Calgary, you know, he can, he can play games and then he can come up and then he can go back and play games if he has to, I know, I know that's not his mindset, but until we do something, you know, up here with the other two goalies, uh, you know, we're just going to have to kind of try to figure that out.
2: Speaking of being in Calgary, uh, one guy you were missing last year was Oliver Shillington. I think it was one of the sort of under the radar stories in terms of potentially impacting your team and, and the playoff chances. You take a guy that was sort of a fixture in your top four and he, he's missing the year. It's, it's a big deal that wasn't really talked about all that much. I think because everyone really respected Oliver Shillington and his privacy Uh, Obviously, we've seen the videos. We've seen him working out overseas. Uh, What's the latest on Shillington, and do you expect him to be in camp when it opens in September?
3: I actually do. I mean, you know what? I think it was a tough year for him, but he's worked through everything, and, and he's excited. He's training hard. He's ready. You know and I can't wait to get camp started and have him back here because he was a huge loss. I mean, Hanif and him played so well the year before, just his skating, puck moving you know, and just to bring that, that ability uh, we just couldn't kind of replicate that. And it's, it's hard because he's got such a special skill set. So, you know, to, to know that he's feeling good and he's back on track and and he's ready to come back and, and uh, be with the guys. It's it's exciting for us.
2: Yeah. It's gotta be exciting. I wanted to just ask a general question in terms of your thought process and your vision. Um, Do you, you know, if you're looking at it, Uh, you get to build a team from scratch. How does a Craig Conroy team play?
3: Mm. You know, I want to be a team that plays, plays with pace. I want to be an offensive team, an exciting team to watch. But then from the red line back, I do want structure. I want structure. I want to make sure people just know, because I think if you take out that gray area, especially defensively, you know, we want to do X, Y, and Z to shut plays down and then go on offense. And once you get over the off, you know, the red line, I, I want guys to be creative. We have the best players in the world. The stuff they do in practice, the stuff I see all the time, I'm thinking they never try that in uh, in a game. Why not? You know what? The creativity, it's there. And we, and we have to kind of take the, the reins, the leash off a little bit and let these guys do and, and be special players. And that's what they are.
2: Yeah, I think you certainly see that at times and would like to see more of it and saw a lot of it a couple years ago too uh with some of the players that you had there. Uh to wrap things up Craig, uh I know you're a busy guy. You've got a lot on your plate. We've covered the ground of your free agents and you know where you're heading with some of the young players and all the excitement that surrounds that. But the next maybe you know even more critical thing than free agents is going to be getting that next head coach of the Calgary Flames. Obviously, you have a fascinating uh, internal candidate, or should I say internal candidates, how, uh, not going to ask you specifically about anyone, but just in terms of timeline, when ideally would you like to have someone in place as the next head coach?
3: You know, obviously the sooner the better, because the UFAs, that, that'll that be the first question I know they're going to ask, who's going to be the new head coach. So, you know, we've actually, after our amateur scouting meetings yesterday, we had, uh, you know, as, the management group came back in and we sat down and we started just putting, the, you know, we had a list of names up and we just have to, you know, obviously we're going to, it's it's a, right now it's a, a bigger list, but uh, you know, we just started checking names off and, you know, we want to talk to a lot of people want to get a lot of different you know, input. And the one thing I think when you start looking at these, the, people out there, there's a lot of quality candidates. And uh, like you said, our internal ones are great too. And obviously they're going to get a real, real great shot at this and and they deserve it. I mean, watching them, I've been here with them, you know, some longer than others, but they, uh, they really deserve it. So yeah, the sooner we can get on that, that's definitely the priority, you know, obviously, uh, amateur scouting meetings right now. And then, and then the coach searches is the next big thing.
2: Well, speaking of well-earned, that is certainly you in this position as general manager of the Calgary Flames. Year 14 as a member of the Flames front office, and today is day two in the big chair. Craig Conroy, thanks for joining us, and best of luck.
3: Thanks, Frank. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news,
2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host as craig was talking i was trying to furiously scribble down a few notes seems like if he gets an answer or an indication from a ufa or pending ufa i should say that they don't want to be there that He'd probably rather cut bait. You heard asset management, something that he will probably seize on. He doesn't want to let anyone walk away for nothing. And if the Flames' idea is to be competitive, which I think it most certainly is next season, and to bounce back into the playoffs, well, then I'd have to imagine they probably wouldn't want to be in a spot where they're trying to trade guys at next year's trade deadline. He also seems like he wants to make room for Dustin Wolf and wants to make a play to keep Group six free agent Matthew Phillips, and of course, as mentioned, needs to hire a coach. I think Mitch Love is the front runner as the two time AHL Coach of the Year, already working in their building at the Saddle Dome with the AHL's Wranglers. No shortage of things for Craig Conroy to tackle in his first summer as general manager. Thankful to him for taking a few minutes to talk to me.